0: Hi there, this is Connor Gilbertson, Public Relations Coordinator with the Region 5 Prevention Resource Center and Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DPS, Texas. I wanted to let you know before we get started that this is a podcast about substance use. Sometimes we are going to talk about stories or details that may be tough and uncomfortable to hear. Our overall goal is to help people be healthier and happier. With that being said, do what you need to take care of yourself. Feel free to pause and step away if you need to. This episode will be right here when you get back. The most important thing is that you take care of yourself. Thanks. Now let's grow. Today, we are here with Linda Smith, our Tobacco Compliance Coordinator with the Region 5 Prevention Resource Center and the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DPS, Texas. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. Join the cold weather.
1: (laughs) Yes. Love it.
0: So just kind of diving into things. Let's kick it off. Just kind of tell us. A little bit about what the tobacco compliance coordinator
1: does. Well, basically, I go into all the retailers that sell tobacco products or any kind of nicotine products in our region, which covers 15 counties, which are the Angelina, Houston, Jasper, Nacogdoches, Newton, Polk, Sabine, San Augustine, San Jacinto, Shelby, Trinity, Tyler, and Southeast Texas. We also cover down there, which is Hardin, Jefferson, and Orange counties. And I just try to educate them on the laws that is required by the state of Texas selling to someone who is under age 21, which now is the new age limit. It was uh, changed back in 2019. And uh, I'm not there to, you know, give them any kind of citations or anything like that. It is all education, and it is voluntary on their part, whether or not they follow the laws. I supply information such as the under-21 warning signs. I educate on where to place the products in the store everything has to be behind the counter. There should not be any kind of advertisement below eye level. The advertisement shouldn't be within so many feet of candy for a child. It shouldn't be on a child's eye level. And also they shouldn't have any kind of advertisement outside within a thousand feet of any church school. Uh, they can have advertisement inside the store on the windows and stuff like that. Also, nothing can be at easy access by buy a miner. So
0: kind of like you were saying, it's got to be locked up somewhere to where whoever's working at this retailer or vendor or wherever that they have the control mm-hmm. to give it to the And the purchaser. stores
1: run, a lot of the retailers run into a problem because whoever they're buying their product from, a lot of the tobacco vendors require if you're going to sell my product, then you've got to post this display here. And some stores have the room to do it as they ask, some don't and that's why a lot of stuff does wind up on the counter, but the state law says you can advertise it, but it's got to be done like this. So they run into conflict. And that's why a lot of times you'll see these glass cases and they're turned wrong or they don't have room to put this advertisement. They can't leave out coupons on the counter anymore. They have to be behind the counter. Any kind of discount advertisements all has to be behind the counter. It's just a tug of war sometime to get the retailers to actually do say, hey, you've got to move this cabinet. You know, state law says, And the majority of the stores will comply, but they run into that on how to display and everything.
0: That is a nice little small thing though with the certain guidelines with the advertising. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those you wouldn't really expect it anyway, but it's just the fact that it's in there just to double check, make sure everything's safe. Just, you know, don't put the sign past an adult's eye level. Right. And then not having anything accessible in the reach of children just certain things where it's almost common sense, but you know, Someone, Yeah, you
1: someone wouldn't want out there, there had to walk in a store and find tobacco advertisement sitting on top of the candy aisle. Right. You know, some of these little stores, I have done that and they've had to move them. But, you know, it's just that it's the concept that if a child sees it and they sees it enough. And now some of the packaging looks like it's packaged towards the youth, you know, not all, but some. It's a lot of stuff that you have to consider when you're walking in. Oh, is that sign too close to the candy? Or, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't have a lock on it,
0: you know. Moving that talking about like the colors and the different marketing towards kids with like the vapes the the disposable nicotine Mm E6. Wasn't there a bill passed recently about something about trying to get rid of those?
1: There's a lot of loopholes in all of that. There are certain flavors that have been banned, but then you've got the flavors that were not included in the ban, but still in that product. So you can sometimes still find some of that product, but it's a different flavor. That's new. So they're still trying to work out all the little loopholes that's in everything.
0: Definitely. Seems like you're trying to put out an anthill almost because every time you turn around, it's the same product, but there are so many companies capitalizing off of this industry that it's nearly impossible to put out the flame because every time you turn around, someone's making either a the next best thing or b they're they're, they're making the same the thing or
1: just a little yeah bit to get get around it
0: exactly talking about those checks how many checks do you typically have to make within a given month or year
1: I do around 107 per month and I have over 1280 stores within that 15 counties and that also includes stores is not just your big box stores or your convenience stores. It includes your your bars or your clubs also and your liquor stores. So if they have tobacco or even if they don't have regular cigarettes and they do the cigars, then I have to go in and check them for the permit. And they have to have a sales permit which is the Texas Sale and Use Tax Permit. That's for any store that opens. They have to have that. And then if they have the cigars or the cigarettes, it's the Texas Cigarette and our Cigar and Tobacco Product Tax Permit. It renews every two years, even number years. It goes from June to May 31st. And there is a fee to it each year, every two years, and it's around $180.
0: The retailers that you visit, those also change too, depending on if People either take new ownership or if they build a whole new business in general?
1: Correct. If they do sell out during those two years, a lot of times I will find that that particular permit is still active until all the paperwork is finished with the new ownership. And then they will be issued a different permit, but it's for the same location. And all permits must be in the location of that particular store. In the past, I have found where stores that may have 15 other stores in different parts of the city or in another county, they'll get them confused. And there'll be one in this store that should be in the other county. And anyway, they uh, have to make sure it's at that particular location. It can't be from another location in that store, even though They may own another location, but the permit has to match that address.
0: Going off a location, though, talking about the permits, whenever you go in for a compliance check, is there a particular location that you would have to look or somewhere that the retailers would have to keep those permits for you to be able to find them easily?
1: The permits are supposed to be on display, public display, and that could be anywhere behind the counter. If you have a a place designated, that's where someone in the public can go by, like down a hallway to the bathroom, down the hallway to a storage thing, just as long as they can walk in and say, hey, I want to see your tobacco permit. Then you can say, well, it's down this hallway in this case. It has to be on public display along with that Texas sale and use tax. It's the proper way to uh, display. Uh, I found them in... Notebooks, they have them, and you ask for them, and they open the notebook. Technically, that is not on display, so I have to educate them on: Hey, it needs to be hung up behind the counter or somewhere where a person walks in, they can see it easily visible. Easy visible, yes.
0: I've known you've told me about the vending machines. What are the stipulations along those?
1: A vending machine is the machine that carries the tobacco products inside the machine. They also have to have a permit. They have to have this particular permit, this product sales tax permit, the tobacco one. And then each vending machine has a tag on the inside and it's re, it is also renewed and it's renewed in an even number year. So they have to have this one, the tobacco permit, and they have to have the vending machine tag. And in order to have them, they have to be in a secure place where no one can walk up and remove the product themselves. The clerk has to, most of the time I find them in clubs. The law is that they cannot be exists by that person unless that person is actually over 21. But if it is an establishment that like a game room where someone under 21 can be admitted, then they have to be behind the counter, even though they're in a machine. And then the clerk has to go and put the money in to receive the item.
0: So there needs to be some sort of age verification Age
1: verification, yes. It has to be age verification. Everything is 21 across the board. There is no no grandfather clause. It is cause federal law stepped in in December 2019 after the president signed the, the bill and saying everyone has to be 21 in order to purchase any type of tobacco products.
0: Another permit question, and I don't know if we had already hit it or not, but the e-cigarette permits.
1: The e-cigarette permits are in effect as of now. They came out in 2019. They did not go into effect until January, and they are in the stores. Right now, I'm checking for the tobacco, but if they do have the e-cigarette permit, I do check to make sure it is current and that all the vaping devices, the e-cigarette devices, anything to do with that is behind the counter. It can be on the counter if it is in a locked case, and it cannot be facing the customer. It has to be locked on the other side. So no one has access to it. Now, a lot of my convenience stores has these big glass, nice cases out in the middle of their stores, but they have to have a lock on it. They cannot be out there without a lock. That means that clerk has got to be able to come around the counter, unlock it, and give that person whatever they're wanting to purchase. But there is no cabinet should be left unlocked. They have to have it locked up.
0: And you can have Retailers that are just selling one or the other or both, correct? Right,
1: right. The e cigarette permit covers the vaping and, of course, your e cigarettes, but most of your vapes do have nicotine. And if they are selling that particular type of vape, they have to have both permits.
0: So, just kind of going off of that, who do you report to at a state level for the tobacco compliance checks?
1: On the compliance checks, if I run into any type of violations, such as I, they've been reported, I have witnessed. Uh, Sales to minors or retailers not posting the warning signs, their permits, whatever type of uh, deficiency I find, I have to report straight into the Texas Comptroller's Office. And there, they take it from there and they evaluate and then they go out and do their own inspection.
0: What punishments might occur depending on if... Permits are out or anything along those lines? If
1: they do not have a current permit, then they can be given a citation or a fine. There is a fee and a fine for any violations. If they are repeated, then they can eventually have their permits withdrawn until they go through a legal... A legal process? A legal process, yes. They go through a legal process and then it's determined by the state comptroller. Once once it's reported or once they find the deficiency is in need of a citation or violation, that particular retailer is in violation. That is strictly through them.
0: So and someone could potentially lose their license to sell... Sell tobacco. ...tobacco mm-hmm. just as much as restaurants could sort of lose their right to Correct. serve alcohol. Correct. Okay.
1: Uh, if you've ever been into a store and you you noticed that they've got brown paper over there, a uh, display for tobacco or cigarettes and stuff like that, then they have gotten some type of violation. The state says, no more. You haven't corrected it. So therefore, we're, we're pulling it. And I have run into a couple of stores. In fact, I have a store next that uh, due to not paying the taxes on this tax permit, keeping up with their sales tax and everything in the comforts, they have pulled that license and uh, they pulled it in the middle of the year. So it was on my list to go and check. And when I walked in, it's not active because they can't sell.
0: Very interesting. And I, you, you kind of hit, hit on it just a minute ago, but why are these permits so important in the sale of tobacco products?
1: They're important as far as it, for the sale of tobacco. This way, if they have a permit, then I know to go in and check to make sure they are in compliance with the state of Texas and their laws and federal laws because federal says no one under 21. It's important to in order so we can educate them on how It is affecting our youth and it is important not to sell to someone under 21 because the importance to ensure every retailer has education on how to check IDs and know that selling to someone under 21 is a violation according to the state laws.
0: I think one of the funny violations that I've heard of within the tobacco compliance checks and field is that there are vendors or retailers out there that serve or sell cigarettes individually.
1: That's correct. Well, let's hope they don't because that's been an illegal in the state of Texas for a very, very long time. So to sell a broken pack of cigarettes, it carries uh, some heavy fines and hopefully they are not any out there that are selling single cigarettes because that is a one of the one thing they will investigate. Uh, in fact, it says that they investigate, like I said, sales to minors, retailers failing to post warning signs and appropriate permits, sales of unpackaged cigarettes are in quantities less than twenty. So every pack, there's twenty cigarettes. The state gets a tax off of that anywhere, somewhere close to a dollar, probably about a dollar fifty per pack. So if they're breaking them apart and selling them, then the state is not getting those taxes because they go by the little sticker that's on the bottom of your cigarette pack. And of course... They also investigate minors in possession in any kind of illegal activity, and that would be illegal because it is illegal in the state of Texas.
0: And you may know this or not. Do you have any direct contact with, uh, what is it, not DEA, but it's the, the local PDs that run the stings for underage sale?
1: We do have an officer with the LPD. Uh, Lufkin Police Department that does tobacco enforcement. I have met him in the past, but I haven't spoken with him in in a long time. But they still do the the stings. Uh, There is a report generated when they do their stings because they have to report straight into the comptroller's office too. They have a a long report that they have to fill out.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I I didn't know that they reported to the comptroller as well I guess the last question I have is just what is one piece of information you feel people should know about the tobacco coordinators as a whole or tobacco compliance checks as a whole?
1: I would like for the retailers to know that I am not there to get them in trouble to cause any trouble. I'm there to help and educate because the more education we have on how to check for IDs, how not to sell to minors, how important it is not for our youth to begin to smoke. It's just, I want them to know that I am there to help and nothing more. It is a courtesy call. It is not to try to get anyone into trouble.
0: Thank you for coming on and speaking with us today. It's been a pleasure. If you or someone you know needs help with a substance use issue or concern, or if you just want more information, You can call the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DPS Texas 24-7 at 1-800-445-8562. Give, Get, Grow is a production by the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DPS Texas and the Region 5 Prevention Resource Center. We serve Angelina, Hardin, Houston, Jasper, Jefferson, Nacogdoches, Newton, Orange, Polk, Sabine, San Augustine, San Jacinto, Shelby, Trinity, and Tyler Counties. Where we offer prevention, intervention, and treatment programs and services. The Prevention Resource Center has a ton of information about the region available for free as a part of its mission. For more information, visit adacdet.org/prc5. That's a d a c d e t. Dot o-r-g slash p-r-c-5 thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes follow adac on facebook at a-d-a-c-d-e-t and on instagram at a-d-a-c underscore d-e-t thank you for joining us be safe and take care of yourself we'll see you next time here on give get grow